0: Have you ever had a magician ply you with their wares? a magic show? Some uh, Several months ago, I was at a party. magician asked me to think of a number between one and a hundred. I thought of 23. I told no one. No one knew. He asked, are you done? I said, yeah. I said, I'm done. And then he pulled out of his pocket a piece of paper with the number 23 on it. Blew me away. I know there is a trick somewhere beyond my momentary powers of comprehension. I know that other magicians do the same thing and that, in fact, it is not magic. It is a technique – a skill of deception practiced and perfected – and once perfected it's probably quite easy to pull off still it blew me away from time to time i watch those street magicians on uh, netflix do you do that you see that from time to time they perform the most incredible you watch that the most incredible ruses and they fascinate me and i always ask myself why am i so drawn to and intrigued by magicians first I'm always impressed with people who perfect exceptional skills. It's hard to get really good at something, especially magic, where everybody is examining your every move, trying to detect you know, that sleight of hand, that trick that is the core of the experience. But second, for me at least, there's something about magic that distinguishes a magician from say, a skilled actor, athlete, or musician. All of them may accomplish extraordinary feats, but magic is mystery. And mystery entices, seduces, and scares us. It is partially out of curiosity, partially out of amazement, but also part fear that The immediate question that comes to mind after a magician performs a trick is How'd he do that? How'd you do that? After all, we don't ask the same question of an exceptionally gifted pianist. We know how he did it. He practiced like a maniac, perfecting the natural gifts that he possesses. Magicians never answer the question How'd you do that? To ask a magician, how did you do that, is almost sacrilegious. It's like asking a rabbi, do you believe in God? It's not done. It's not cool. Not polite. It's rude <laughs> and insensitive. Once we understand how the magician did it, it's no longer magic. It's just boring. No magician can make a living if we know exactly how he did it. But we're in on the game too. While magic pries open the possibility of the supernatural, at the same time it also soothes because we know that the magician knows that it's a trick and that there is nothing supernatural about it. While all For all living things, the body's needs are to continue to exist. For the human being, the mind's need is for harmony. It's why magicians grab us. They disrupt and shake our need for order. We need to know. That the forces of the universe are stable. That we can rely on physical laws and social laws that are dependable and consistent. That the sun will always come up tomorrow. That the world will continue to spin on its axis. That the law will continue to protect me. The thought that some supernatural element can willy-nilly disrupt all that we know and rely upon, frankly scares the living daylights out of us. It's why climate change is so frightening. This week we begin reading the Torah anew. The first passage of the book of Genesis addresses the most basic mystery of all – the mystery of existence. Genesis asserts that God, there is a God. God created the universe. God formed the human being and breathed into us the breath of life. This approach satisfied most people until the modern era. Our deepest need for order was provided through religion. But since the rise of science, this religious approach has been challenged. All the tragedies, uncertainties, and injustices of life continue to affect us, and therefore our innate need for order and stability craves other explanations. Science came along and said, there is an order to the universe that is based upon permanent physical laws. There is no need to depend upon an utterly unreliable God. The universe is ordered by physics. These principles never waver, never change, and never need to be appeased, prayed to. They just are. Put your complete trust in the laws of nature. No magician can bend these laws. They are permanent. Their existence explains how we got here – and, by the way, where we go when the body ceases to exist. We don't go anywhere, according to science. Any other explanation is magical thinking. Most of us – right-minded, sensible, educated and modern people – agree that science has indisputably proven that the universe is ordered by the immutable laws of physics. It still doesn't prove that there wasn't an orderer who did not build the physical order that we are now discovering, but that's for another time that's quite esoteric. And it's still worth mentioning that while practically all of us understand what the book of Genesis is saying. Practically none of us understand what Einstein was saying. There is an element of supernatural faith that we plebs of science place in Einstein as well. Oh, if he said it. I don't know what he said. I can't understand a word of what he said. But I put my faith in Einstein. Most of us have no clue. How Alan Turing worked out the math behind breaking the German code. But we still use computers every day and have no doubt that the math that computing is based upon is reliable and true, even though it is beyond the comprehension of practically all of us. While magic purports to bend the laws of nature and religion purports to placate the master of nature, science seeks only to understand and make use of nature. Modern people tend to accept science over religion because it seems to us that science projects a superior order on the heavens. There are no miracles. Snakes don't talk. And seas don't split. And if they did, there is a scientific explanation. And therefore, no miracle at all – no bending of natural laws. But all of this is based on a misconception of religion – at least of Judaism. The Torah – and all of Jewish tradition – addresses this human quest for order but not scientific order. Genesis is not a physics textbook. Judaism is about emotional and moral order. Physics, chemistry and math are about scientific equations. Religion is about moral equations. Science tells us what is. Religion tells us what ought to be. The Big Bang of the book of Genesis? is not the expansion of the physical universe from a tiny ball of matter. Rather, the Big Bang of Genesis is the expansion of the moral universe towards values that really matter. Science teaches through numbers. Religion teaches through poetry, music, symbols, and parables – disciplines that, unlike science, are accessible to most people. That is how most people learn – through stories and parables. Biologists teach about the muscles of the heart. But more people learn about the human heart by studying Hamlet. Vayar Elohim Kitov, and God saw it was good. Repeated over and over again in the book of Genesis, right? Vayar Elohim Kitov, and God saw that it was good, is not a scientific hypothesis. The concept of good doesn't even belong in physics. Good is a religious and moral term. There is a basic rule of interpretation in Judaism nothing about religion can be contradicted by science. If the science is right, the religious interpretation is wrong, and the biblical text must be reinterpreted non literally. Judaism embraces science as a friend. It's why so many Jews have been and are scientists. This, of course, thus, of course, Adam and Eve, human beings, were not created in the way literally described in Genesis. Adam and Eve were not real people. They were prototypical people – a parable of the human creature. The parable of Adam and Eve teaches us what science cannot – that we can be good. And not only good, but – tov me'od – very good – as the Torah states about the creation of humans. We learn from Genesis that even brothers are capable of killing one another, but that the human creature is redeemable. In the end, what religion teaches is that the order that we crave and need cannot only be mechanical, statistical, actuarial, algorithmical, or mathematical. We need morals and meaning, as is seen every day in our country and around the world. The more rapid is our technological progress, the more obvious is our lack of moral progress. And the more rapid is our technological process, the greater the danger that science will disrupt the very physical order it purports to uphold. We have never been more at risk of extinction than during this, the scientific era. We need not only physical order. We also need emotional and moral order. We need harmony. How do we achieve that order? There is nothing magical about it. It doesn't require bending the physical laws of nature. There is no trick, no ruse at the heart of the endeavor. There's no need to ask, how'd you do that? We know how to do it. It's described in the book of Genesis Cain, you are your brother's keeper. Abel's blood cries out to me from the ground. Surely, if you do right, there is uplift. But if you do not do right, sin couches at the door, its urge is towards you. But you can be its master.